Hey guys, it's Justin Hill here. Strap on your high heels and put on your pads because we're going drag racing. Ah, crap. She's bottomed out, guys. Play the music. Welcome to Stan Original, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under the Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Hill, and this is the podcast where we recap every episode of the Stan Original series, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Now, this week, we're going to be recapping episode four. I can't believe we are halfway there, and I couldn't think of anybody better or more qualified to help me recap it than the one and only Anita Wiglet. Oh, Wiggles! Thank you for joining me. Hello. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And might I say, you look very good. I love this jacket. Stop And your your teeth are radiating. (laughs) Literally, the sun is like shining off them today. (laughs) It is. I'm dazzled. I love it. (laughs) Hey, uh, welcome to Stan Original RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under the Podcast. Listen, you have been an absolute delight to see on our screens internationally in Australia across the world in New Zealand you have just been so <laughs> wonderful I mean what, a, what if, if I could describe um you know Anita Wiggler in a word I, I think it would be sunshine oh thank <laughs> you I love that <laughs> good but um, you can't get it too much otherwise you might get burnt <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, I feel like we, we got to know very much, you know, the um, the Anita Wiglet that I guess we've come to learn and love and you're very sweet and you're very helpful and you have a great story. But I feel like there was a little bit of a naughty Anita just sneaking in. <laughs> she was like dabbing her toe in the water and then touching it in and out. Had you have gone on any further in the show, I feel like this kind of like, I feel like an inner feisty, you know, um, sorceress would have come out of you. Am I right? in saying that uh, i think for, for me there's oh, this, I, I think to anyone there's so many sides of a person and um it, in uh in a tv land that it's always sort of you want to project your your most positive uh, spirit and that's kind of what i do day to day but there's definitely um it's so funny i've had so many lovely messages from people saying like oh it's so nice to see you're so happy and and you're not a bitchy drag queen and you say like you should hear the things that go on inside my head <laughs> Yeah. The yeah, I feel like if we could let's unlock that, people would be like, oh, but we did get to see it's a little totally, sneak peek of it. <laughs> it's like, and I think it goes hand in hand with, with doing comedy as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, and I think that's why it sort of works well, because I, I love being nice to people. And um, and I think that they come to expect me to be nice. So when we're on stage and I've got a microphone in my hand, and they're like, oh, gosh, this is another <laughs> level. <laughs> and then they see a little bit of shade from you and they're like, oh, it's actually nice for shade. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna recap um, episode four of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. If you don't mind, we're gonna go through it. I would love to hear any stories that you've got, any insights into what happened on the show. Um, so we kick it off by seeing. Um, you know, this uh, message on the mirror from Coco saying, watch out, bitch. I tell you what, this is this little bit of shadiness that's coming out in some of the queens, isn't it? We've had <laughs> notes. We've had now messages on the screen. I mean, was it really like that? Because a little bit further on, we see this, um, This gosh, I mean, Electra is just getting angry at like, you know, Scarlet and et cetera. It's like there's a yeah. lot going on there. Was that how it was on set? 
Yeah, it got really intense in episode four. Um, the watch out note was amazing. Uh, the, the thing is that, that nobody could blame me because I have like zero skills of writing. I wouldn't be able to spell watch out. So that was fortunate. Um, but then, yeah, things definitely got he- uh, heated, um, especially with Electra and Scarlet and, I, and her British actors. Like, who have you danced for? I was like, who? And Maxie and I are sitting there with our sewing machines like, this is awkward. We're enjoying it. And the cameras keep panning to your reactions and you guys are literally like, <gasps> like it just, it, it, I feel like what you were doing on screen is what we're all doing at home. We're all like, <laughs> like cringe, like, I oh God. For sure, I th- I, obviously I can't speak for Maxie, but knowing her now as I do, I'm pretty sure we're the same sort of people where we're kind of um, uh, like uh, awkward situation and sort of anger averse. Uh-huh. So when somebody's so blatantly kind of doing it, it's like, oh, this is... <laughs> This is not enough skill set, but I, yeah. I want to learn about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm shocked, but I want to listen some more is kind of like how you guys I were. Know. You were like, oh, this is oh. some tea, but <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, like swap those sewing machines with popcorn and it would have been the same situation. <laughs> totally. Um, now, <laughs> I, we have this saying that said, uh, I think it comes from Scarlet, where she says about sp- sprinkling glitter on a turd. Have you heard of that saying before? Is that something that Kiwis use? I've never heard that. But that is wonderful. I've heard of. Have you heard of polishing a turd? Polishing a turd, absolutely. I feel like this is maybe like a modern day, uh, you know, kind of like twist on it, where you've got a whole bag of glitter and you can just keep sprinkling as much as you like, but it's still going to be a turd underneath. I love that. That reminds <laughs> me so much of my outfit that I made. <laughs> Hey, we're going to get into that outfit, but I didn't think that it was that bad. Come on now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's talk about quite possibly the face crack of the entire season, and that is when you find out that you are making outfits that all have to be recycled and who should pop out and get a second chance but Art Simone. Was that an absolute shock for you or were you like, oh, I could possibly see that happening? Yes, it was. Uh, so in episode two, when Art went home, uh, it was genuinely so heartbreaking, but, uh, very emotional, mainly because we we know Art, and I've known Art for a couple of years, and I know how um, how much drag race is part of her life, and it's been her goal, and she's been at DragCon already, yeah. um, and and it's, it's just great. And to see her go is just so heartbreaking because it was somebody's dream. Literally, were, I was watching somebody's dreams just crushed. I so know. when she came out of the, the yeah, <laughs> so when she came out of the rubbish, uh, talk about glitter on a turd. <laughs> <laughs> but she was, um, I was part like, yes, Art Simone's back. I'm like, she gets another go and she so deserves that. But at the same time, I was thinking, huh, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I just got rid of her. And I love on that. top of that, Art. Uh, we shared a uh, we shared a wardrobe station as well, and um, I was had so much room when she left, and I was all <sighs> organised and like, damn, she's gonna push her way back into our oh, bloody art, again. Simone, <laughs> taking up your your oh, makeup man. stand space, so rude. <laughs> Totally, totally. Um, Oh, it was was crazy. It's such an incredible moment. I feel like some people were hoping that Art would come back because, like you said, she had so much talent to show. But then, um, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen in in Drag Race. Like there's twists and turns at every corner. You just don't know. And, you know, um, Art is back. She's, you know, she served us up a great runway look. She did a great job. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. I guess, her, you know, a part that she would excel in. Um, So I guess... Every you know, if you get a second chance like that, take it and run with it, right? Even if you're in heels, oh, for sure. <laughs> Especially if you're in heels, and uh, yeah, so happy to see Art back. Um, even though she, even though uh, 
if she wasn't there, maybe I'd have scraped through. <laughs> she probably wouldn't have. <laughs> okay, so we'll blame Art for you going home. That's yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I, reckon that's, I reckon that's fair. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's fair too. Um, now we look, we get to see the girls. Maxi reveals, you know, um, something that we all know about Drag Race that if you are going to go on the show, you take sewing lessons. Um, yes. and then we see that you're quite good with a glue gun, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> But we, also, <laughs> but we also see that uh, Karen has said she's not really a sewer and this kind of like sets us up for like, ooh, what's she going to do? I think a lot of us um, kind of got at that point that she was maybe going to do Chappelle Corby. Was that a reference that you got as well or were you a little bit like um, Rue where it was Chappelle Corgi or <laughs> was that she yeah. said later on? <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, no, I, I know Chappelle Corby. I mean, I've been to Bali and I've been afraid being like, oh, no, who put something in my suitcase? <laughs> It's like, oh, wait, I did. No, <laughs> um, so I got the reference. Uh, Karen, Karen's so hard for me to say anything negative about Karen because yeah. she actually helped me uh, with my when, with the finishing touches on my outfit, which I don't believe was on screen. Uh, she helped me with my bracelets, just kind of helping me with those. So I can't be like, oh, she was so nice to me, but she made a shit outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you can say I it, but you can say it with a smile. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, and she totally. knows this from a place of love. Her Chappelle Kobe, her Chappelle oh. Kobe was rotten. <laughs> and there was another thing that Maxie said to me when I saw her out at one of the clubs um, here the other night. Is she was mm. saying how you know um, a lot of you guys were at a disadvantage because of COVID. You probably weren't gigging as much as what you were. I mean, you are luckily from New Zealand and you have Kaluzzi, so lucky. you probably were quite lucky to get some, you know, to have more gigs than maybe what a lot of the Aussie queens were. So yeah. you could maybe practice your faces a little bit more. But she was saying that you know Karen had barely done any drag in the last 12 months so she was like you know how do you come into a competition like that knowing that you're maybe just a little bit rusty it is so good yeah I think Karen had maybe done drag once in 12 months or something she was telling me and it's just crazy but you know honestly uh I mean at the end of the day she's Karen for finance she knows what she's doing yeah it's just a weird time in general and I don't know uh after uh, the season wrapped in New Zealand. There was uh, an outbreak of COVID in Auckland. And mm-hmm. then like, gosh, if this was a day delayed, then they would have gone into lockdown. They would have <sighs> been delayed and it was all over the place. I, yeah, and absolutely. I keep saying to all of the girls, props to you for uh, producing such a fantastic show in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, honestly, we look at the show and it is all all the things that us fans love about RuPaul's Drag Race um, with a distinct Aussie and Kiwi flavour. I love, you know, the little nods to both of our countries in the show. And so congratulations. I mean, you've done such a fantastic job at, at producing such a world-class show. And I think the fans are saying how much they love it and how much they love you. Is it is it kind of weird oh. to to look online and see, you know, people are like, oh, Anita's my favourite. Like, I love Wiggles. Like, you know, she's so happy and she's so great and I love her drag. Is that is that strange it's for you to crazy. see that? It is so crazy because, yeah. I mean, you um because I do drag full time uh, as well as running my uh, business Kalitsi in Phoenix, which is a like a cabaret theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, you kind of do and you, you kind of know that you're doing OK because people will they'll pay $20 to come to your show. <laughs> and now it's sort of it, it's crazy seeing the feedback and how many people. Um, are saying that they love me and and that they like my my energy and that they like how I'm a little bit different from the others because I'm not necessarily like a shady bitch that they know of. True. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's crazy. And and what I've been doing, I've actually been like, they say that you're not meant to do this because there might be hate comments, but um, I always go and I search my name and Twitter and see what people are saying about me. And it's just so overwhelmingly 
Uh, well, it was overwhelmingly positive, but now they see my <laughs> the outfit oh, I made. Who knows? No, what do you mean? I like I said the same thing to Coco. <laughs> I was like, you know, people are loving you online. It's it's so great to see them embrace, you know, our down under queens like yourself. And you mm-hmm. are fantastic, and you are very very talented. And you know, like having your club and being a business owner. And it, was it strange going into a competition with two, not just one, but two other people that you were quite close with? I mean, a lot of the queens know each other, and they know each other from gear or, you know, like um, Art Simone and Karen from Finance have been the kangaroo mm-hmm. girls for years and years and years at DragCon and stuff like yeah. that. But was it odd going into the competition and did you have any suspicions that you were going to go in there with your business partner and one of your employees? <laughs> for sure. It was so strange because Keith and I, we we sort of known in, in New Zealand for being a, a comedy duo mm-hmm. and we do sort of everything together if somebody wants to book us for a gig generally they'll be they'll message both of us and say like let's get you yeah. we'll get you both we're kind of like a, a total package yeah um so now now we're individual it was crazy so i kind of had an inkling that keita was going to be there and electric because i mean they had to put in a couple of weeks of annual leave no. <laughs> they're like all of a sudden oh i'm, I'm gonna be away for a little while doing a project that's it. like I'm gonna be away. I, I was like, oh, uh, my my ruse was uh, because before doing drag full time, I actually used to work for the Navy. Actually, well, and I, I, I actually knew I could, should say I just want to check my notes. It says here that you were blowing things in the Navy. Is that correct? I was, but well, technically, I was paid to blow uh, the trumpet for the Navy. But the cast <laughs> under the table for blowing other things is wonderful. <laughs> But to be fair, I paid them, so it doesn't work out. <laughs> but because uh, I was, I, I, sorry, I'm talking about semen and I'm all about myself. <laughs> oh, you're getting all flushed but under the collar. I am like, oh my god, I'm gonna turn the egg on back on. But my Bruce was saying that I'm going, I'm going with the navy out to sea, and so I won't be contactable for a few weeks, um, and I won't have any cell phone access. That's sort of, I didn't really have to tell many people because. Nobody really cared. They're like, oh, can you just go away already? <laughs> mostly because they believed you that you were actually going to, uh, you know, do some proper service, not that you were going to, to participate on a TV show. Um, the next comment <laughs> that we that we see is another saying I wanted to run by you, which is something that Maxi says to Rue, and it's fair suck of the salve. Have you ever heard of that one before? I have never heard but, uh, <laughs> like, it's salve attractive because, I mean, I've got blowing skills with these figures out already. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Although with teeth like mine, you've got to be careful. <laughs> I just love that like uh, Maxie had to explain it to Rue. And Rue was like, oh, you mean a <laughs> <laughs> I just was dying. I was like, oh, wow. And then she got it straight away. She's like, fair suck at the salve. Um, and then we go on to the rest of the show and we see, uh, you know, Scarlett kind of throwing. And this is where things get really nasty. Scarlett throws Electra under the bus and says, you know, um, there's more to dancing than just doing the splits. Um, now we go on to see um, et cetera talking about uh, their gender, um, you know, pronouns and preferences. And I think mm-hmm. that was just such a wonderful conversation to see on mainstream TV. Um, and also yeah. too, I loved how you guys were like, it's it's not, it, it's within the nicest way possible, it's not a big deal. They're like, if you identify as they, mm. them, totally fine. Then that's all good. We'll, we'll call yeah. you what you prefer. A lot of people do tend to get their knickers in and not a little bit about people's pronouns. Um, mm. What is your experience on that sort of stuff? And it is is it a conversation that you've had with people before? For sure. Uh, it's such an amazing topic uh, and one that should uh, have light put upon it. Um, I, 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 me personally, being um like a, a cis male i don't really have any issues as such when i'm in drag uh, people will leave our uh, businesses sometimes 
uh, and they'll be like, thanks for a great night, fellas. And I always find it hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like, damn, not possible at all. But uh, <laughs> obviously for people in other situations uh, where, where they kind of don't go, I think they is probably a, a more hard to, a harder mm. term for the sort of the general world to accept mm-hmm. at the moment. But so for me, it's a small thing in that, uh, if somebody wants to say, if et cetera identifies as, as non-binary and they go by the they pronoun, for me, it's sort of like a, it's not a big deal because of course, if you're, you're non-binary, cool, you're non-binary Absolutely. and I'll, I'll use you by they. But for, for uh, et cetera, for example, not speaking on her, on their behalf, it's like her there because yeah. in drag. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is hard sometimes even for <laughs> us in the community to get it. But I think et cetera goes by her in drag. Yes. Um, but for et cetera, they might have a completely different view of it because they want to be called they and so many people will misgender them and it would, yeah. it would be so frustrating. Absolutely. Um, so it, it was great to have that conversation. And it is all a learning lesson and I think the best part about, you know, I've spoken mm. to et cetera before about their journey and, the, you know, um, they put it perfectly and said, um, you know, if, if I were to tell you my name and you and you make a mistake once or twice, it's not a big deal. Um, it's it, but if I tell you my name and you continually call me by a different name, then there's kind of like a different reason behind it. And I really like to use that kind of like way of thinking about it because it, it, if, they, if the person's going to go out of their way to tell you how they feel about something, then you should respect that. And I just loved how you guys, you know, you did handle it. You, you respected the fact that it was a big thing for et cetera, but also were like, sister, it's all good. It's, it's not it's not something foreign to us and we're all good with it. Um, so let's get on to yeah. uh, our wonderful, wonderful outfit. So we've got um, Art Simone in her pink castle, in her hair, her pink outfit. Um, yeah. We have Kita in her ball outfit with the sleeping bag, which you <laughs> mentioned that you were a bit worried about Kita and I was a little bit too. I was like, oh, no. And here's the thing, right? Rue did say to you that we've seen your outfit done before, but I feel like mm-hmm. more so we have seen Keita's outfit being done before because a lot of queens have done ball pit, using balls, putting balls on things. There have been challenges where balls have been used. Sure. So I almost was like, oh, I feel like that comment probably was should have been more for Keita. Would you agree? I know. Uh, for sure. That was one of the things when uh, when Rue and Michelle said that about my outfit, uh, my, my immediate thought was actually Maxie's outfit, which I loved on a side note, but that material was literally the exact same material was used by um, Davina De Campo when yes. in season one of UK, when she made the trousers yes. in it. And apparently Electra's ties were used in, in another season. Mm. Uh, and then you had the balls. And I was thinking, well, if that's the only critique, <laughs> it's like, well, these have also been used. Yeah. Don't put me at the bottom. I know, I know. I was thinking exactly the same. Uh, we had Et cetera with her, uh, with her curtains look and a vintage kind of look. Um, very yes. interesting for Et cetera, finally getting some feedback from the judges. And from my perspective, yeah. I don't think she took it that well. Like, But you have to kind of go, well, you know, this is your first time of actually getting a critique. And I think she was probably oh, sure. um, like coping with it how you would – literally was the first time, but some of the other girls had already had critiques. So you could kind of see her like, um, you know, in the workroom, you know, in behind the scenes when you guys were talking, she was kind of like trying to process it. For sure. Absolutely. And and I, I, I knew how she felt because in uh, in episode one, I didn't get any feedback. Episode two, I was hoping to get feedback, but I I was just sort of announced as the winner. And then, um, Episode three was the first time I kind of got a couple of mentions. Uh, so I, I know what she means. She doesn't know 
if she's doing well or she's not doing well. Mm. Um, and, and she, I, I believe, gen- genuinely thought that she would be top, if not a winner, because the outfit was stunning. But oh, yeah, it was stunning. Dungeon. I mean, tiny, tiny critiques though, right? Like it was literally uh-huh. like the bottom of it didn't seem finished enough. Like this is the thing with you girls. Is that you are of such high caliber, and I said this about your performances last week, it was impossible to pick who was like <laughs> a, a, the worst performer because you were all amazing. But this is what Down Under Drag is, and this is what the Kiwi Queens do, and this is what the Aussie Queens do. You are performers. I mean, you have your own club. You have a cabaret club. <laughs> you know, you are professional performers, and this is what you do. So so we are literally talking about mm-hmm. the tiniest, tiniest critiques. Um, and yeah, that, like, you know, sure. Maxie with her dress. Yes. I mean, I, I think she did a great job, but it, it has been done before. Mm-hmm. Tricky outfit, you know, tricky kind of material to use. Mm. Then we had uh, Karen as Chabelle Corgi, as RuPaul called her. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. I got where she was going with this. I got that she wanted to do a character, but I feel like that was maybe like Ru said, she was, she was making it too hard for herself. Right. I mean, she was trying to do, mm. she was trying to have the cake and eat it too. For sure. I, I think for this one, uh, for this episode, not that I can really speak cause I was in the bottom, but uh, being a design challenge, I, I think it's sort of maybe something a bit arty, mm. something a bit sort of extraordinary. Whereas Karen's one was a very cool concept about it. It, it was a risk and unfortunately it didn't pay off for no. her, but um but at the same time, she got to shed some light on Chappelle Corby. Yeah. Who, I think she has a song now, right? And so ah. she'll get a couple of book sales out of it. So it's a win-win situation. You know what? She actually makes um, she actually makes resin clocks. So um, she might sell resin some. Resin clocks. <laughs> Is that, did she get that idea when she was counting down the seconds in prison? I have no idea. I'm going to assume so. I think she was maybe like thinking about the ocean and the waves and then she came out and she's like, I'm going to make resin clocks that look like oceans and the waves rolling. I I don't know where that came from. I kind of love it. Um, Chappelle, if you're watching this, send Anita and I one of your resin clocks, please. We'd love one. Uh, And then we've got like. I'm so sorry for being offensive, Chappelle. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. She'll probably pop up and be like, I do watch this. Uh, now, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we've got um, obviously Electra in her ties outfit. Very smart idea, changing it from the yeah. kangaroo killer. That was oh. very smart. Um, Scarlett was our winner oh, in her yeah. picnic table. Cute little shorts. Great look. I mean, she's a fashion queen. I'm not surprised at all. Um, yeah. She did a great job. And then yourself in your burnt book, um, I loved Rue's comment about how he said it looked like it looked like it was the pages out of Michelle's book that you'd used on your outfit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so good because there's so many copies left on the shelf. Yes. Was oh, it impossible to move around in? Was I mean, paper's very tricky to work with. I mean, and you literally looked like you had poured yourself in there and you were there to stay. <laughs> was it tricky to, to lip sync in? It was, yes, like uh, it was. And if you're going to lip sync, it was sort of out of everything. I was like, this is not what I want to lip sync and it's not what I want to go home. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, actually, you know, I tried to keep that dress, but it uh, it was just in a box and it got so damaged just by sitting by itself. So it was definitely a one time only. Oh, so did you have like a ceremonial burning of it or did you, did you like just think I about it? I kind of had like a... <laughs> I had a ceremonial 
dumping it in the rubbish bin at home and being like <laughs> wheeling it out to the drive. Like, here goes my hopes and dreams. <laughs> um, you did go into your um, your lip sync um, with Karen, and I mean, you you both would you both are fantastic drag queens, and I could not pick it. I was like, I don't want either of you to go home. I want it to be a double save. Um, and you oh. went in, and you finally got to do a Minogue song. It was Danny Minogue, Begin to Wonder. <laughs> such a good one, um, and such yeah. a great lip sync. You guys look like you were just having so much fun. Is that kind of how you approach a lip sync or you approach some part of the show, or even what you do in your career? Is you Do you just kind of go, I'm just going to enjoy it and I'm just going to enjoy the moment and see how it goes? Absolutely. Uh, for me, lip syncing and performing is um, uh, as much fun as I have doing it. It's my gift to other people for them to watch and enjoy. So that's kind of why I smile and kind of look at them and try and bring them in. Uh, and I think but, but this lip sync was a special one <laughs> for, for many reasons. Uh, firstly, I, I love Karen and... And I kind of had the strangest feeling before we before we did the lip sync. And it wasn't that I, I, in no way did I give up, but I thought, I just thought, now now's not my time. And I had the most overwhelming sense of calm. And um, then we went into the lip sync and did it. And, and I knew that Karen would be safe because I knew that I kind of felt, maybe I felt that I'd come into the competition and I'd done I, I'd sort of, I've obviously got uh, other things to show the world, which I can't wait to do. But I kind of felt like, I'd won Snatch Game. I'd come top in a in a dancing singing challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I talked about my dad and had like my my sob story. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, now I've had my moment in the spotlight. Now it's Karen's moment to shine, and yeah. I kind of felt really calm. You're just such a nice person, Anita. I can't stand it. Can you you like say a swear word or something or be really rude? Like you're just so lovely. (laughs) I could never, I could never. (laughs) Um, You are, you are an amazing queen and you, you, I mean, you have to look at your accolades now. You were the first Down Under Queen to win Snatch Game. You yeah. made international headlines with your hilarious <laughs> jokes. I mean, how many people get to get on a TV show and joke about the Queen of Peanut Butter and Corgis? I mean, it was just so great. And you have just made so many people smile, and I think you're just a fantastic queen and really, really loved seeing you on our screen. And I'm so glad that you felt like you kicked a lot of goals. You know, I know we don't use a lot of sporting references on this podcast, but you know you really did you really showed the world what your drag is so congratulations and um i hope that you you. enjoyed i hope you enjoyed drag race as much as we enjoyed watching you do it oh thank you sasha thank you for having me and uh fingers crossed uh like World of Wonder will now be like, well, we definitely need to bring it back for an international all-stars or something. (laughs) I have everything crossed for you. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) me today. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. you got to love Anita. you got to love Little Wiggles. Well, we are here at the part of the podcast, as you guys know, where we completely are unqualified to hand out judgment and praise based on the Queen's looks on the show and their makeup. Uh, as I've said before, we all sit at home completely unqualified, you know, judging these girls and their makeup. So we're going to hand out the award for the Beat of the Week. Let's get into it. Beat of the Week. This week's Beat of the Week, she has been a favourite all round. I have to hand it to Scarlett Adams. I mean, she really did say she was going to be the fashion queen and she delivered this week with her outfit. And i got to say, you can't overlook her makeup. It is impeccable. It does look great. It's got a good look. It's very cohesive. What will be interesting to see if she can mix it up as the show goes on, but I tell you what, she has been so consistent so far. So congratulations to Scarlett Adams. You are my one and only Beat of the Week. Ah, 
while we did make it to this part of the podcast where we all sit around and hold hands. Come on, everyone, grab each other's hands. We're going to drink in some of the inspiration from Mama Roo. We do, of course, see her with plenty of wisdom on Drag Race Down Under, on the big screen, on the small screen. You may have read her books. Uh, so each week we look at a quote from Mama Roo and we just look at how that impacts us. This week's quote is, avoid dumb people. Simple as that. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. And a big thank you to Anita Wiglet. Little Wiggles, so sad to see her go home. She's got so much energy, though, in a manic but kind of good way, I guess you would say. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram at just underscore hill. And keep those DMs coming through. I am loving talking to you guys what you think about this show, what you love, what you hate, what you want to see happen. The most importantly, what you think about Art Simone returning. Was that not the biggest face crack of the season so far? All right, guys, I will see you same time same place next week and don't forget you can watch a new episode of the stan original series rupaul's drag race down under every saturday only on stan 